Hello, and welcome to the Curious One podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Welcome to another episode of the Curious One podcast. For this episode, I had the opportunity to speak with Calgarian artist Katie Green. Katie is the mastermind behind the project Bridge. Bridge is a mixed media installation that engaged 13 East Village community members, aged 13 to 65, from various backgrounds in a series of workshops where they each selected a Katie Green portrait painting, and in collaboration with the artist, transformed it into a personalized mask. Participants were then photographed wearing the masks in spaces around East Village. The working sessions and photo shoots were designed to investigate participants' personal empowerment through anonymity. I highly recommend heading over to East Village to take a look at their murals in person. Or if you do not have the opportunity to do so, check out the photos on her website. They are truly spectacular. I want to apologize in advance for the low sound quality of this episode as it was recorded remotely. I hope the valuable content of our conversation makes up for the lack. Here's my conversation with Katie. I was super excited to record it. I hope you enjoy. So I became aware of you and your work first by your project called Bridge. I heard of it through someone that works in the same office as me as she partook in the creation of the project. And it was just something about it I was just super drawn to once I learned more about it. Yeah, Are you yeah. <laughs> able to explain what the Bridge Project was? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, my incentive with Bridge um, was to explore how wearing a mask or being anonymous can actually create a unique and safe space for an individual to express themselves or share aspects of them story of their story that maybe they otherwise feel like you know they couldn't if they didn't have that mask um and so i wanted to explore how using a mask could be a tool to connect individuals from different walks of life different social groups different community groups which um east village has a very diverse um population and a lot of different community groups that frequent that area um and so my initial incentive for even applying for the project was actually um, through some work I had done at the drop-in center. And I did a mural in their main kind of cafeteria area. And it was the first, that was maybe like three years ago. And it was the first time that I actually spent um, consecutive days in East Village, kind of um, getting a little more familiar with the ins and outs of, of that neighborhood. And one thing that I noticed really distinctly was um, like sometimes I would leave the drop-in center and it felt like like I would go to get a coffee at the Simmons building or something and it, it could feel like I was like going through this invisible wall into this other area of East Village and it was just sort of discombobulating for me and kind of it confronted me in a strange way and it just didn't quite sit right and I was sort of thinking like wow this this neighborhood is very like there's a many different groups of people and it can feel really segregated and like how might I create a project that has a process that actually brings individuals together and gives 
you know, opportunity for people to share aspects of their story in a safe, contained sort of space. And like, what are the ripples of that? And what is the impact of that? So that was sort of the, the whole reason that I even applied for the public art project there. Mm-hmm. You keep saying you, you applied for the project. Can yeah. I just ask what that process is, is like? Totally. And I'm so glad you did because I often like those are sort of the details that no one ever really talks about. And I'm so mm-hmm. curious about them too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is the process <laughs> for how this even happens? But um, so this project was commissioned by um, CMLC, which is Calgary Municipal Land Corporation. And they um, this is the fourth iteration of this public art installation. So it happens every two to three years is how long the installation stays up. And then they put out a new call to, um, I think it's for local artists, so Calgary-based artists, and um, to do an installation all along the site, which is a total of 16 surfaces. So they had a open call and I applied for it with, um, it's a pretty detailed like that you put together in terms of like what is your artist statement what is your um, project that you're proposing what is your approach uh, you have you know your support material and then they shortlisted I think they shortlisted four artists and then you do an interview process so it's quite a lengthy um, mm-hmm. process yeah to, to get to the end there but here I am so <laughs> something worked <laughs> yeah I, uh, congratulations I didn't I, I had no idea how that would have been and can I just ask how long did that process take um the well I mean to, to put together an application like I worked quite intense on this one I'm sure yeah it, some some of them are more casual than others but this one was quite in depth um and so you know I spent like a couple weeks at least putting together the package and then you have your interview process so um I went in and just sort of talked about about um, just a little bit more in detail about how I would actually implement my plan, which was really interesting Mm -hmm. because it was really refreshing for me because CMLC um, really took a risk selecting me because my, I was essentially proposing a process, but I wasn't proposing a project that had a definitive end result. Um, I had, you know, my own support work in terms of like, this is my process for mask making. This is why it's important to me personally. Um, and this is the process that I will, you know, implement in terms of how a mask is created. Uh, but I don't know who I'm going to select. I don't know who will be a part of it. I don't know what kind of mask they will create. And the whole purpose of, um, creating the mask is to not limit the way someone wants to express themselves so I also can't guarantee essentially like what the emotion will be in terms of what someone wants to express and if that could be triggering for the public or not Um, but I think CMLC was just so excited about the way I was approaching the neighborhood and the different community groups that they were really intrigued by that sort of backbone yeah Yeah, that's the backbone of the project and they really trusted me to to create something that I essentially hadn't hadn't done before in my in my practice in that capacity so it was really exciting for me Mm -hmm. that's so cool there's more questions I want to ask you but I just have one more about the whole application process you said it was an open call did they have 
theme that they wanted to address or it was just like we have this space in east village what do you want to do with it yeah no they did not have uh no they didn't have a theme yeah so it was really really open super open oh that's cool um so I just knew I knew that I wanted to to do to do this and and I was kind of thinking already like how can I integrate my interest in mask making into the public work that I do so I just sort of put together a proposal like I hadn't proposed this idea necessarily before so yeah as an artist that it's like a really it's a really exciting opportunity mm-hmm. and so then the process to create the project seemed quite lengthy do you want to speak to and explain the process of creating the entire project totally um yeah this project was huge like it I mean it took because I was really focusing on the like the process behind creating the artwork like that is where sort of the foundation of the whole project was versus going and and installing an artwork in the span of a month or something there was just so Mm -hmm. much behind the scenes work um so I I got selected for the project probably in around like around January or February and then I started kind of working on it in April and didn't complete the project until August um wow so like the whole month of April, I worked really closely with with CMLC to establish like what are the main community groups in East Village and who are the main points of contact where I can go and speak about my project and see if any of these organizations or individuals want to participate in it. So I, I ended up meeting um, with like, you know, the board of directors or the, the managers and in um, different organizations. So I worked uh, with the drop-in center. So I presented my project at a board meeting there, presented my project at uh, the Salvation Army. And then I worked with the local social worker in East Village. And she works a lot with the um, seniors in the area and partners with um, Calgary Family Services. So, um, I also worked with them and then I, you know, I did like an information session and just generally invited the public. I had a a meeting with the library. Um, I went and met with Sidewalk Citizen. Like I kind of just like frequent, frequented myself around (laughs) and tried to contact and connect with as many community groups as possible. And then through there, it was sort of like a very authentic process in terms of selecting the participants because I was very aware that what I was asking of the participants was quite a bit. Like I, there was a, a, a large um, commitment to make uh, because, you know, it was three workshops that um, I did in May that each participant would have to be a part of. They have, would have to build their own masks. They would have to be photographed in their masks. So it was like, it was a commitment for sure. And I mm-hmm. really could um, kind of like intuit based on conversation, what which individuals uh, really saw this opportunity as something that was going to help them access sort of deeper layers of themselves. And I and I say that in a way where I, I could see that this project meant something to them on a personal level and that that would be um good incentive for like following through and and uh, committing to the entire process from start to beginning 
So it was really it was really interesting. I mean, the process for selecting participants was kind of pretty organic and really just based on me investing a lot of time just showing up and um, having conversations and going for coffees and like making myself available to to explore with these different individuals. So then are you able to explain a bit because didn't you do like artwork or sorry, watercolors and then the participants would come in and kind of look at your artwork and see what they were drawn to. Then they created the masks, that kind of process. Are you able to explain that? Yeah, there's so many moving parts to this project. It's like so difficult to just to sum it up. So I do appreciate the detailed (laughs) questions because like that's one thing that's so interesting to observe is that like I like how do you actually show the process of this work um Mm -hmm. versus like how someone just perceives it from the outside like a someone who you know the general public like how do you actually invite them into the process so that's been interesting for me to navigate um Mm -hmm. but essentially I was um, mirroring the same process that I had done in my own studio practice to make masks. So um, about, like, I would say almost two years ago, I did a residency at the Vermont Studio Center, and I was there for a month, and I remember arriving there, and I was just like, I do not want to be here. <laughs> like, oh I would think I was just in, like, an emotionally kind of low place, and I didn't... Um, necessarily know like what I wanted to create I could feel there was a point in my practice where I was like I am I'm kind of bored or exhausted with the work that I've been making and I want to create something new and expand my practice but I don't know what that looks like and it's kind of really terrifying (laughs) so Mm -hmm. uh what better place to do that than at a residency so I just ended up making hang on I'm sorry, before we progress, ignore my ignorance, but residency, what, what is a residency? Oh, like an, oh, so an artist residency is essentially like, um, there's different organizations that are global all over the world where um, it's a place for artists to focus solely on their studio or artistic practice. And okay. sometimes they have visiting artists that come through. And so there can be workshop or educational purposes, but essentially when you apply for a residency, you get access to a studio and often, you know, there can be anywhere from 10 to 50 artists who are also there at the same time as you, all individually in their own studios. And you get like a focused amount of time to just focus on creating new work or continuing developing a project you've already started. I mean, it can be many different things. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I just yeah, no to problem. So I yeah, so I had applied for a residency and got accepted, and here I am, you know, work in my studio, uh, and I just like have no idea what I want to make, and I was feeling kind of discouraged. And anyways, so I ended up um, trying to think of something that could be like tangible for myself, which was making these small portraits. And I was like, I'm not going to look at any reference. I'm just going to, you know, try and channel or express what it is that I'm feeling right now what it is that I'm working through emotionally and trust myself enough to allow that to like present itself on paper and you know when I say that I'm like yeah that maybe sounds easy but it's like really confronting and quite challenging actually Mm -hmm. and so after a month I ended up making like almost a hundred of these small 
portraits and they were so emotive and so expressive and the the range of emotion was so vast and it was really interesting as I was having studio visits I was just like witnessing people having um like you could they could be looking at one portrait and one person had this like really really triggered feeling or it made them feel scared or it made them feel uneasy and another person would feel like this sort of um, affection towards the character so it was like really uh fascinating kind of picking up on these very subjective interpretations of these characters and then so as I was thinking about that I also um was started interacting with another artist who was there who had um, experience building puppets and she taught me this sort of this paper mache technique to make um, masks and so I started also doing that and then I started taking uh, these small paintings these these portraits and paper mache like paper macheing them onto uh, mask forms and I was just like okay well how would it feel then to take these portraits a step further and actually um, integrate my body with them what would it feel like if I was to um, embody this character? What is breath? What is movement? What is, what does that look like? And how, how, like, what does that level of exploration provide for me? And so I ended up exploring that more through photography. Uh, so like photographing myself in these masks. And so, yeah, that essentially that process was so therapeutic for me and so fruitful that I kind of wanted to share that with other people. I was like, well, what would it be like to take um, an individual through that same process where they look at all of these paintings that I have and they choose one that they have a strong emotional response to and then we get to explore together, like, why do I want to be this character? What does this character say about me? Um, how do I want to express myself to the outside world? Um, and how does this character help me do that? So that's sort of what the premise of the workshops were. Um, there were mm -hmm. 13 participants in total, and they all selected um, a painting. I brought like 50 of them in, and then they all selected one that they resonated with, and we used that painting as a tool to explore their own personal narrative. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you guys, did they build their own masks or did you build the masks for them? They did. Yeah. They built they, their own masks. Yeah, they built their own masks. I taught them like the technique that I created, which is essentially just like weaving strips of cardboard together and stapling them into like a form. And then um, I like photocopy the paintings that they chose and I print them at a larger scale and then they collaged and like paper mache those their portrait onto their mask form mm -hmm. and, and then, then from there in the mask right mm -hmm. okay and in different areas in east village correct yes yes and yeah. i worked with a um a photographer and art therapist um her name is chelsea call and she co-facilitated the workshops with me which was really really amazing to have someone with an art therapy background to help facilitate like the round table sharing and sort of more of the like investigation into aspects of self and like what the masks meant to the individuals personally so she really helped facilitate with that which was great learning experience for me too mm -hmm. I think it's just so cool I keep saying that but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the whole process and the background of 
um, the murals I just find so fascinating, and and so I think I think that's what the one of the main reasons why I'm so drawn to it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you expressing that. It's, it is interesting because, like, I think, well, because these masks, like, you know, they, they come from these little portraits that I've created, which are like the work that I make, and so for me, it's sort of like normalized. And I think I started mm-hmm. to really quickly realize, like, when I started installing the work, like, oh, like, I've sort of, like, the, the impact of these images is, not that it's, like, normalized for me, but I'm very comfortable with it. And it, it, it mm-hmm. they feel um, safe to me. Like, they don't feel con- confronting on a level uh, that the public ended up interpreting them. Like, not everybody, but it, there were some really strong reactions and there continues to be. And so it's mm-hmm. interesting to um, navigate that. And, like, to me, I'm just, like, that is really exciting. Like, the strong variance of reaction that this installation is getting, I think, is an indicator that it it's doing well. Like, I think when public art creates questions and uncertainty and has, like, this wide variance of emotional response, I think that that's kind of exciting. Um mm-hmm. So I've really actually enjoyed listening how, you know, listening to how other people interpret it or like why they were drawn to learn more or how it made them feel. So it's interesting to just like hear you as someone who's like, you know, maybe um, identifying as someone who's not not artistic, but just saying like Mm -hmm. that you're that you were like super drawn to it and kind of like took the time to explore why, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great no, totally so then can I ask what were some of the the biggest challenges that you faced while creating the project I mean I think I think the challenges that came up were like a lot around um, just like team management and like the team that I had and the way it all ended up going was absolutely amazing like I'm so happy with it but I had never taken on a project of that scale before with so many different moving parts. So I think Mm -hmm. like the biggest challenge for me were like, it wasn't just me, the artist going in and creating a project um, and implementing it and planning it on my own terms. It was me and 13 other individuals, right. Who essentially are the backbone of, this whole entire project so making sure that everyone's voices felt heard making sure that um I was really clearly communicating what my process was and like trying to find a really delicate balance between my artistic intent and the fact that my name and my image is you know essentially what will be on this project So, like, where do I balance my artistic intent and the creative voices of all of these 13 individuals who are involved and, like, really making sure Mm. that they feel respected and represented in the ways that feel safe and comfortable for them, whether that's, like, um, how do they feel um, with the image that I've taken, how do they feel with the narrative that I'm expressing to the public, um, like, do they feel seen, heard, and considered? Um, so that was just like a really important for me Um, but it was a very different consideration than I had had before in my like like previous projects Mm -hmm. how has the project changed you as an individual um in so many ways uh I mean I feel like 
individually for me as an artist, this project was a massive um, expansion in my practice. Not only the scale of the installation, but the meaning and the purpose behind the work that I'm doing. And it was like the first time that I had really integrated a community practice into a public piece of work in a way that I felt was very successful, um, where like each individual gets to walk away with a meaningful experience and the artwork then becomes secondary to that, which is, is really exciting for me when you can have these two moving components that are integrated yet are still strong as separate entities. Um, so that was really huge for just for my practice and the way I consider how I will approach future public art projects. Um, and then also just my ability to facilitate, I think, uh, really stepping into that role and really considering um, how to hold space for other people, how to actively listen, how to actively speak, um, what, you know, how, how to facilitate group work. And um, that was that that really was a big change for me, too. Mm -hmm. And then I have another question. <laughs> yeah. What impact do you hope that the project has on individuals and as well as the community around it? Um, I mean, essentially, you know, as soon as you like create a piece of public work, um, all the intentions that you had for what you want it to do kind of become like the agency for that actually gets put in the hands of the public. So it's like, it's really interesting to just like sit back and observe and allow space for different interpretations and different emotional responses. Um, and I essentially like, I just really hope that on individually and collectively that people just ask questions and get curious about their own emotional responses to something. Um, I hope that it starts conversation. I hope that um, it makes people smile. I hope that it's like the, the strangeness of it or maybe the unpredictability of it actually is something that is kind of magical and interesting and um, yeah so I mean I just I, I essentially just hope that it gets people curious I think that if we can start there there's like a lot can, that can come from that could not be more fitting to be on the curious one podcast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so there's one one mural and I'm assuming it's you that's in it because it's a mural with two people in it is that you in it? It's like yeah, there's one is. with yeah. a person in a mask and one without. So yeah. can I ask about that? So not only are you in it, but your your face is also covered, but not by a mask, but by your hair. Can you kind of speak to that one? Yeah, it's interesting. So the individual um, who his name is Harry, and he's the spiritual counselor at the Salvation Army. And his mask was um, like the, the portrait that he chose. It reminded him of sort of like the 
the giving quality of an individual and how someone can provide space for another or how can we support one another and those were like some major themes for him so he really wanted someone else in his photo shoot um it was really important for him to kind of include another individual to sort of symbolize that uh, gesture of support and connection and he actually originally had brought his friend with him to be in the photo shoot and mm -hmm. um, his friend like his friend's torso was like twice the length of <laughs> Harry's so every time we like put them together they just didn't quite like fit together and so uh, we were trying to like navigate this in the photo shoot and then Harry was like well Katie like how about you come into the photo and he was really really inspired by the idea that the artist was hidden in the overall installation mm -hmm. somehow and um he he seemed to just be really excited about that and I really connected to the idea too I thought it was really sweet so um I'm actually it is actually the back of my head so I'm facing I'm facing the other direction and then we kind of tried to like do this sort of hand gesture or embrace where it looks like we're like interconnected um mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that piece was sort of part of like Harry's story too, and the reason as to why he chose his mask. I thought that was really cool when I saw it because I had seen photos of the murals before I went and saw them in person, so right. I was kind of surprised when I saw that one. And I had seen photos of you, so I I kind of put two and two together that it was right. you. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. it was really cool that you're in your own project, but again, yeah. kind of in a hidden way. And so I totally, I really and I cool. totally like wouldn't have thought about that unless he suggested it. So I, 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 lo I love that. Like those little sort of magical moments of collaboration and, you know, the gifts that can happen when you, you're just like working with many minds. So mm -hmm. it's nice. A hundred percent. Truly, it is magic. My yeah. favorite one, though, I would say is um, the one of the girl lying on the bed. I think she's on a bed and she has her feet in the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. And her arms outstretched. Yeah. I think that, that one's one of my favorites. And then once you go underneath the bridge, the two like giant ones on there, just yeah. when I looked at those, I just felt like the energy of it. Mm. And I think it's just because of the scale that it right. is, since it is so large. But I right. just, when I saw that one, I fully stopped in my tracks and really as we yeah it is March or it was March when I went and looked at it so coronavirus is predominant so I'm in the middle of the walkway and people are just <laughs> trying to oh navigate gosh. around oh me gosh. because of social yeah. distancing <laughs> but I didn't care I needed to stop and just oh take it gosh. in yeah it's interesting like which which images um are impactful for individuals right like why mm -hmm. a certain one stops you in your tracks or and that's the kind of thing that I'm like really interested in is like what what sort of emotive response or process did you go through and like why is that certain image you know making you stop those are the mm -hmm. things that I'm really curious about and wish I could just have conversations with all the all the people <laughs> that are interacting you should with just it. hang out you should just hang out in East Village do you ever do that and then just like sit on a bench and then you, know what? I, you know what I actually I actually did do that like right after I finished installing it because every day I'd be there for I installed it it was about like two week two to three week period and I'd have all my paint clothes on so it was like really obvious that I was working but then I mm -hmm. went back just in normal clothes and I kind of sat in the, the ones where the washrooms and the maintenance shed is and I just sort of listened to people and it was like really fascinating. That a lot of people so were cool. just like, 
what the what the f is this <laughs> like oh my god this is so creepy or or and then some people would just be like wow this is amazing and like you know bringing their kids to take photos in front of them and stuff so it was like really I loved the variance of response yeah I think that would be so cool because I mean I I know it must be different in the art world like you'll have galleries and everything but nowadays everything's online so even if you did post your projects online you would get comments on your photos or yeah you'd get comments on it so to be there in person I'm sure to and to hear their reactions and to see it and to feel it I'm sure would have been really interesting totally and and I'm accessing you know like a demographic of people that I maybe wouldn't be accessing over social media Mm -hmm. so I you know it's like it's it's the general public or maybe it's someone who didn't expect to see that that day or wasn't necessarily looking for it or has no personal relationship to me can I ask do you have a favorite or are they like your children and you can't you they can't really a feel like my children I know I've yeah, been asked this question I'm sure. before I I don't have a favorite and I it's actually like a, a very honest response because I just feel so proud of each individual and, and I'm so deeply rooted and connected into the the individual stories as to why each person selected their masks so I feel very like a close relationship to all of them there are certain mm-hmm. images I do feel like just from a technical standpoint are very integrated with their surrounding environment in a way that's successful so like as I was envisioning which images to put on which surfaces I was also really trying to take into consideration like what is the architecture around this surface and how can I integrate this image so that it isn't um just a an image on like sitting on top of a surface it's an image that Mm. is like integrated into the architecture of the site so there are certain Mm. images that work really well with that like for example on the large the largest surface there facing the intersection there's one of a masked um well they're all masked but the individual is looks like she's holding up the bridge Yeah. Um, Yeah. So she's got like the the red mask on with the kind of like green dress. And so that one was really interesting because it looks the way it integrates with the architecture actually looks like she's holding the weight of the bridge. Mm -hmm. And I I really liked how that one worked. So um, I was trying to sort of be, well, take that, you know, into consideration. But yeah, so I mean, Mm -hmm. like certain images are, are integrated differently than others. But but I love them all so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the one of her holding up the bridge. That was the one where I like I stopped and I was like, whoa. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. Yeah, I think you did a really good job with that. Within my podcast, I have something called the lightning round. So it's called the lightning round because it's supposed to be just kind of like short, top of your head, one or two sentence answers. Okay. Um, but if you want, you're more than welcome to unbox it. Yeah, let's try it. And then if I'm like, totally bust it, you can just take it out. I can edit it. (laughs) Okay, so the first question is, how do you define success? Uh, The first word that came to me was just like happiness and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So I I feel like, yeah, I feel like success is maybe connected to something that is more internal than external. Mm -hmm. 100%. Okay. Speaking of external, um, if you were to be given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? I feel like I can't even register that amount of money in my mind. 
I know. Like, I don't know um, why I picked ten min- um, million. Save, but... Put it into my savings account. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably uh, the first thing that's coming to mind is I would buy my dad's house. That is what I would do. Yeah. Let's just, let's just start there. <laughs> and then, what is one thing that you are grateful for today? Um, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my friendships and um, like the support that I am receiving right now. Love it. If people want to find your work, obviously we said in East Village, or to find out more about you and connect with you, where would be the best way to do that? Yeah, so there's a couple different um, where you can connect to my Instagram, which is Katie Green Art. And then if you want to learn more about Bridge specifically, I actually made a website just about that project, which is bridgeinyyc.com. Mm-hmm. So that will detail the project. I'm also currently um, very, very close to finishing. I worked with a documentary team for the project. And so we created a documentary that was about, I think it's about like 15 minutes long. So I will be putting that on the website, but I'll also be having like a screening of that. And oh, cool. I will probably be announcing that on my um, Instagram. And of course, who knows when that will happen now, but. Mm-hmm. eventually <laughs> a zoom Hopefully. a zoom screening <laughs> oh my gosh a zoom screening I know um yeah and then my website is katiegreenartist.com because I saw there's like a little clip on the website but yes I, I love trailer. documentaries so yeah oh, no, sweet. It, I, it, it seemed like very important to me from the very beginning when I was just figuring out the budget for this whole project that that there would be a documentary process because I knew mm-hmm. I was like how am I gonna share all of the details of how this project came together and so it's yeah it'll go into all of the different steps and I'm really excited about it that's really cool I'm looking forward to that well thank you so much for for sitting down with me (laughs) I'm assuming you're sitting and recording (laughs) this with me um I really appreciate it I want to say a huge thank you again to Katie it was not only a pleasure to meet with you but to have this conversation as well It is in books, poems, paintings, which often give us the confidence to take seriously feelings in ourselves that we might otherwise never have thought to acknowledge. Alain de Bonson. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at thecuriousonepodcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.